Welcome to New Catholic Church. You're listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Daryl Finchley. Well, good morning. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? How many of you are repenting? Yeah? Uh-huh. I'll repent after lunch today also. I'll tell you what, sometimes leftovers is just as good as the first over, right? They really are. They really are. If you have your Bibles, let me invite you to turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We're in a series of talks about following the voice of God. In John 10, 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And usually we talk about hearing God and, and those kind of things, but this emphasis we've been keying on the following or responding or acting on what we hear God saying. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever just get confused? Somebody giggled. You think one thing, and then before you can get that thought through, another thought comes in that contradicts that first thought, and then another one comes in and confuses you even further about that, and then there's an argument going on in your head, and you're in the middle of it. Then your feelings get involved. Your pride, your, then you start feeling guilty and shame and doubt, and you wonder if you're ever going to get in on this stuff. What is it, in fact, going on? If you ever felt that way, if you've ever been that way, you're normal. You're absolutely normal. The battle about hearing God and responding to God is in your mind. The battle goes on in your head. Now, that's not to say that, that God hasn't given us a remedy for that, but, but the battle following the voice of God is first in your thought life. God created you to respond to His voice, but His voice has competition. It's easy to get confused when your whole world is shouting at you. In Romans 12, 2, Paul said this, Don't copy the behavior and custom of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The message translation begins that part of the verse, said, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you just fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. The most common and perhaps the most valuable form of God's voice speaking, leading you, is what is called the still small voice. That's in our spirits. But mostly, God speaks to our spirits and it, it is through our thoughts. It's through our thought processes. We've been taught... Or I've been taught, well, you don't trust your thoughts. Well, I don't know if that's God or that's just me. I don't trust my thoughts. Well, that might be true if you were left alone to yourself. But you see, thanks to Jesus and by the gift of the Holy Spirit, you're not left alone. You have one who's abiding you and who is himself the Spirit of truth. And Jesus said, when he's come, he will guide you into all truth. He will show you. He will declare to you. So we're not left to our own thinking. But yes, our thoughts can get skewed. It can get twisted. 
You can think on the wrong things. But I just want you to understand that most of the time, the way God speaks to us is through our thoughts. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Our thoughts produce our attitudes. Have you ever had a kid roll their eyes at you? That started a long time ago. The, the whole thing, thoughts, but actually, let me tell you this, thoughts precede our attitudes. They don't just produce them, they precede them. Attitudes as well as actions start with a thought. You don't do anything without thinking. Now, we say we do. Well, I just wasn't thinking. Yeah, you were. You were just thinking the wrong thing. The most common and perhaps the most valuable is to understand how to control or change your thinking. God is in the process of changing your thinking. There's three facts about thinking that I want to share with you this morning, especially just real quickly. Number one is you cannot choose not to think. If you even try to think, I'm not going to think, you're thinking. Right? You can't choose not to think. Well, I'm just not going to think about that. Well, you already are. You're already thinking about what you're not going to think about. The second thing is, we cannot think two thoughts at the same time. That's why it's an argument. Number three, here's the most important, we can choose what we think. In fact, in Corinthians, Paul says we're to call every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. The word obedience means to listen under. We're to call every thought to the listening under to Jesus Christ. Call it captive. I have a choice. All thoughts can be divided into two, two basic categories. True and false or good and evil. I, I'm, I, I don't know if it's right or wrong. I'm just convinced. I don't, I don't know that we ever have an original thought. Thoughts come. Thoughts come. It may come from within. It may come from experience. It may come from God. It may come from the evil one. It may come from other people. But thoughts come. And they're either true or they're false. And let me tell you something. A mixture is false. A mixture of truth and falsehood is falsehood. The enemy quoted the truth, but he intended it for evil. So it made the whole thing, whether he quoted it right or wrong, it made it, e it makes it evil. So a mixture is false. So, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it in the balance. I'm gonna see which is, which, does it have more truth than it has falsehood? Let me tell you, it's all falsehood. Because, listen, Jesus said, my yes will be yes, my no will be no. God says he will lead you with a yes. His truth, there is in him no darkness at all. There's no mixture. He is the God of all truth. The thoughts that come from God are true. He's the God of all truth. And has placed within us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. What I'm trying to say is we're talking about hearing and following the voice of God. The voice of God is not going to bypass your mind. Not going to bypass your thinking. In fact, He intends to transform it. 
God created us with an amazing capacities of the mind. And this is going to be very simple, but, but there's three basic mental capacities relevant to our fellowship with God. Three basic ways that God created us by which He wants to fellowship with us. The first is capacity to remember. You have the capacity to remember. All your experiences, everything that's ever happened to you are, are put in a bank of memories. Now, some of us, as we get older, we can't draw out of that bank near as good as we used to. Isn't it amazing, though, you can remember things that happened a long time ago and you can't remember what happened just now? The whole point is for, that there is the capacity in your mind to catalog and to put in place. And, and it's, We just had Thanksgiving. Anybody have any extended family at your house? How many of you talk old stories? How many brought up about old things? Or uh, I heard there was a card game at the DeFeast house. And uh, and they, anyway, what I'm trying to say, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? You don't have to call memories up. You can see somebody and they bubble to the top. You wasn't even thinking about that and something was said that keys a memory, that keys a thought. How many times in Scripture God says, remember, remember? He put within us the capacity to remember, to catalog it. It just bubbles up. Life is filled with experience, good and bad, true and false. But in the right circumstances, it comes to the top. The second capacity that God has given us is the capacity to receive new information. Your mind is like a computer, a computer hard drive. It can receive and process new information. There are new thoughts, new information, new knowledge that cover areas we've never been in before, areas for which there's nothing stored in our memory brain, and it can always just keep adding. But here's the good news is you can reprogram your thinking, but also you can upgrade your thinking. You can receive new information. New information is coming to you all the time. You're not living where you once lived. You are in a new day. This is a new moment. You're hearing words you've never heard before. Because I'm just now saying them. You understand? You're in the process of processing new information. The good thing is, is that you never quit learning. You never. How many of you know that what you used to think, you don't think anymore because you got new information? Even what you've always thought you believed. Now you believe something different because you've got expanded new information. God's given more revelation. That leads to the third capacity, is that's capacity to reason, that you can calculate, choose. You can come to conclusions that are the basis of action. In other words, you think about all of this that's coming in, from memory to new information to what's going on, and you catalog it, and you look at it, you reason with it, and you can come out with conclusion. You can come out with action. God created us that way. The problem is, is we've got, how many of you know we've got information overload? You can Google anything. Now, what here, you can get new information, but you can get so much information that it confuses you about the old information you thought you knew. All of that's in the process. What you've got to do now is you've got to reason. What do you reason it out with? Okay, I've got these memories. I've got this new information. What do I consider as truth in order to come to a conclusion? Where do I find that truth? 
Where do I get the basis by which I choose? Well, for me, I believe you get it from God. The way you get it from God, you get it from God's Word. Okay? And I've specifically waited until this point in this series to talk about the Bible because I want you to understand that most of us believe the Bible is the Word of God, but if we really believed that, we'd have a lot more of it in us. You see, most of us believe the Bible enough to believe that it's a good historical uh, book about God and what He said and what He's doing. And, and, and here's the other thing we believe. I can't understand it. Here's another thing I, you, we, we believe, that, that uh, it's too hard. It's a lot easier to let somebody else tell me what it says. You do know there's a risk there, don't you? And when we start talking about, you see, we've done everything with the Bible. While we, most of Christendom, believe that the Bible is the Word of God, we've divided the church over interpretations of the very Word we say is God's Word. So what we're saying is the opinions of men matter more than the truth of God. We measure truth by the opinion of others rather than by the revelation of God. I'm going to get... To this, because here's the thing I want you to hear in this. I believe the Bible is the result of God's speaking. It's the unique written Word of God. It's infallible in all of its forms for the purpose of guiding us into a life-saving relationship with God in His kingdom. Psalms 1 says this, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Notice the word counsel. In other words, by what they're saying. Nor stands in the path or the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful or the mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not, also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. I like the last part of that. I mean, wouldn't you like to know that you just... The, the flow of the... The flow of God is just always there. And the fruitfulness that comes from that flow is always available. And everything you do is just going to prosper. Well, you can't have the last part without that first part. You can't, you can't walk in the counsel of the ungodly and have the last part. You can't. Go in the path of sinners, walk in that way of sinners, and have the last part. You can't join the mockers. I like the way the message is. You can't go to smart mouth university and have the last part. Look what he says. He delighted. He found pleasure. He found joy in the law of the Lord. He meditates in it day and night. Now, when I say the law of the Lord, what do you hear? When I hear when you when I say law, what do you hear? Tell me, what's the, your definition? Rules, regulations, commands. The word law here in the Hebrew is an all-inclusive word that talks about the instructions, the declarations, the 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 uh, commands. Uh, 
directions, instructions, and teachings of God. It's the whole counsel of God. It's the story of God's revelation of Himself, His ways, His works, His nature, as well as His revelation of how He deals with man. How many of you do know? You do know there's, this book has been preserved for over 4,000 years. The words of this book. Yes, it's been translated. It's been uh, in all different... It's been paraphrased. It's been, but basically, the truth of the book has been preserved for over 4,000 years. It's 66 books, two covenants. You, this is not a novel. It's the revelation, it is the expression, it is the record of God's speaking, of God's action, of God's character, of His nature. There's been, how many of you know people that's been beat up with this book? Anybody identify with that? I've been preaching for 44 years, and... uh uh, some of the best help I've ever had has been people who've challenged me on what I believe. I used to have a man that every Monday after a Sunday sermon, he would come in to challenge what I preached. He's the best thing that ever happened for me because, listen to me, until I got challenged, a lot of times I was just saying what I'd always rem- what I'd remembered. I was saying what I'd always been told. I was saying what I'd always been taught. I was saying what other people said. And by the challenge, I had to find out what God was saying to me. Some of the best thing that can happen to you is to be challenged on what you believe. Let me give you a key to the book. The key to the book. Don't read the Bible for information. Don't read the Bible for answers. Read the Bible to find God. Read the Bible to get to know God. It is Him that is the full character all through the Scripture. And we can talk about stories and you can... And here's the thing, we can pull out those parts that we like and we can put away those things that we don't understand. Let me tell you something. He's in, the old, he's in all the book. It's the whole council. The reason I'm saying this is because you've got to come to understand that the Bible, whether you realize it or not, it's not just it's not just an instruction manual. It's a testament, a testimony of what God is like and who He is and what He's done and where He's going and He's made... He, you, it's past, present, and future. He's made incredible promises. Now, the reason I'm saying about in this, in the context, is because we, the church has done more, has divided more over the interpretation of Scripture than any other thing. Well, I mean, I don't know how many. Well, what does your church believe? I, I remember asking a, church, a, a pastor uh, of a certain denomination because I was just I said what is it and he said we believe the Bible well good for you but I bet if I asked you some questions what you believe about the Bible is different than what I believe about the Bible so what do you do 
The law of the Lord. Here's the thing. Whether you realize it or not, you gravitate to what you focus on. What you get, what gets your attention. The psalmist said, blessed, happy, the fulfilled person is the one who doesn't live by the counsel of the ungodly or the way of the sinner or the way of the mocker, but he, he takes pleasure and joy in what God has revealed. And he meditates in it day and night. Sadly, the Bible is the bestseller and probably the most misunderstood book. Some deify it as though it could bring about life itself. John 5, 39, Jesus was talking to a group of people that knew the Word. Would you listen to me? They knew the Bible of their day. They had memorized it. And they wanted to test this Jesus out. And in John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus said this, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they that testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. The church itself divides over the interpretation of Scripture. There's a difference, listen to me, there's a difference between proof text and principle. Most of us, if we grew up in denominations, we all had our favorite proof texts to prove what we believe. Has anybody ever had your proof text challenged by God? Peter did. Peter was a good Jew. He always kept the law. And in Acts, God, he's up on the housetop and God, he, God gives him a trance. And in this trance, a sheet full of all these unclean animals that Jews wasn't supposed to eat come down. And, and the word of the Lord came to Peter and says, kill and eat. You remember what Peter said? No. I've never touched it. I'll never do that. Well, either God was test uh, tempting him or else God was saying to Peter, you didn't understand what I meant by that. What if we've interpreted some things wrong? You see, I need the author of the book to help me understand the book. I need Jesus, I need, I need the Holy Spirit to help me understand the meaning of the Scripture. What is the proof text? The proof text is when I take a statement, lift it out of Scripture to prove a particular viewpoint. A principle is a divine way of operating that comes out of the character and power of God. Now folks, listen to me. The principles are what count. The Bible is full of the principles of God's revelation. Let me give you one. God's love. God loves you. You'll find it from Genesis to Revelation. Jesus is the only way. You'll find it. The principles. Faith. The principle of faith. The principle of, of hearing God. The principle of walking in His ways. The principle. The principles are a divine way of operating that comes out of the character and the power of God. The principles are what count. The principles, listen to me, the principles of Scripture set the boundaries by which we can know God's character and His voice. So let me make this statement. No specific word that is from God will ever contradict the principles found in the Scripture. 
the way you know. Personally, I've found great comfort, encouragement, and probably the majority of the guidance of my life has been from my relationship with the Scripture of hearing God. But I had to learn not to read for answers, but to read for revelation, for read for to find God. You see, when you're in trouble, you're looking for answers. Have you ever done that? I'm going to open it up. Whichever one I come to. God might use that, but I think He would much rather you know Him than just seek Him for answers. I think He'd much rather walk with you in relationship. He's already in you. I think He'd rather just guide you with His eye upon you, leading you step by step because you've been in and you understand the character and the principles of what God's like, what He's saying, what He's done, what He's going to be doing, what He's promised, what He's what He's already accomplished. You can bank on it. You can put it. You can you can say it's truth because God is true. I came to New Covenant because, here's the thing, I had the offer, I had the invitation, I looked at the circumstances, and I, but here's the thing, I realized, Lord, I need a word from you. And the Lord used in my trusting Him to guide me, He used a scripture to, to impart in my heart, to implant in my heart, that this was the place He intended me to be. That took the sweat out of it. The whole point I'm trying to say is, I wasn't looking for an answer. I was looking for God's guidance. I was looking for Him. I was listening for Him. And when He gives it, you can respond. But listen to me. There's there's things that people say God will tell you to do. He's not like that. He won't tell you that. There's things that God, that, that some people say God says, and I can tell you God didn't say it because it doesn't line up with the principles of who God is. So first of all, the way you know, the Bible is a living, living word. It's alive, living and powerful and active, able to divide between the soul and the spirit, Hebrews tells us. But let me tell you, the worst thing we can do, and some people, and even the Bible says this, they've twisted it for their own demise. So when people say, well, if you hear God, it'll always line up with the Bible. Yes, but it may not always line up with your interpretation of the Bible. Let me show you two two examples. Mark chapter 2. Jesus, they're not going to be on the screen because I just added them. Mark chapter 2, Jesus, they let down the paralytic in front of him, and Jesus says, your sins are forgiven you. And the Bible says, they reasoned in their hearts. Who is this man? He's a blasphemer because who can forgive sin but God? Now let me ask you a question. That's a wrong interpretation of what's going on right there. Because they did not recognize that Jesus was God in the flesh. But they were thinking scripturally. They had memory. They reasoned it out that it couldn't be true. But it was. 
Jesus was there. In other words, they missed Him. They were searching the Scriptures thinking that in their Scriptures, in their understanding of the Scripture, they would find eternal life. But it wasn't their understanding of Scripture that gave them life. It was Jesus. And Jesus was right there. But they wouldn't come to Him. When, when the, the reality, only God can forgive sin. They didn't say anything wrong. Their wrong was their interpretation of what they were seeing. Because it didn't fit the way they thought. They rejected Him. I wonder how many things God has said to us, but because it didn't fit the way I interpreted it. I remember one time I was in this big thing with about the infallible Word of God and all this, and I was talking, I was, I was even praying one of those prayers where you want God to get even with them. Have you all ever prayed those prayers where you want God just, God get them? Psalms has a lot of that. That's scriptural. God kill them. Take them out. I think it depends on the attitude of the heart and the reality of knowing who God is. Anyway, I was praying this way, but and, and I was just talking about how God's word's true and how God's and I was just telling God how good He was and how right He was. And I remember very distinctly it coming to me. My word is absolutely true, but your interpretation may not be, Bubba. I heard Bubba. And all of a sudden, I had this humbling feeling that God was saying, Daryl, I'm right and everybody else is. He might ought to suit me. There was a man in Scripture that believed God and followed God It didn't have a Scripture to go on. His name was Abraham. And in Romans chapter 4, verses 17 through 21, you're going to find the story of Abraham. How Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. But you've got to understand, Abraham was an idolater that God spoke to. And he came out of his land and was looking for a land that God was sending him to. A city who God was going to be the builder of. And Abraham followed God not knowing where he went. What did he follow? He followed the voice. He didn't have Scripture. Scripture hadn't been recorded yet. God was speaking. But it hadn't been written. Abraham follows God. Romans tells us that if Abraham got to a certain place, God says, I'm going to give you a son. Abraham, 99 years old. Sarah, barren all of her life, now 75, older, barren. Now, I don't know about you, but I hear these voices that say, I'm too old. She ain't going to happen. Abraham, here, here, here's the, here's the, here's his reasoning. God promised, I'm 99, Sarah's barren, equals we're going to have a child. How can he say it? The Word of God. Now, let me tell you, let me ask you, did he interpret the Word right? Let me ask you again. Did he get what God said? So it wasn't that he did everything right, but he believed what God had said and depended on God to bring it to pass. Now we know that Abraham had a wife that wanted to help him out. 
And so there was a Rahab. There was an Ishmael. I'm not saying Abraham did everything. See, here's the thing. We think God only speaks to those who do it all right. Abraham walked in his fallibility into the promise of God. How? He kept believing God. Why didn't Abraham... Uh, why didn't God accept Ishmael? You know, we all have second choices, don't we? God didn't accept because it wasn't God's plan. It wasn't His purpose. It wasn't what He said. How many of us have let, settled for less than what God says? You've got to understand. It's the principle. It's the principle of Scripture. I can't just proof text it. I've got to live by the principles. No specific word that is from God will ever contradict the principles. But saying that the Bible is the Word of God does not relieve us from the responsibility to know God and hear God as He reveals Himself through Scripture. We have a great advantage. We have the Scripture. If you think I'm making less of the book than it should be, I'm making, I, I'm not decreasing, I'm elevating it. What I'm saying is, we need to know what God is like. Don't read the Bible for information and to, to stump or to answer the questions or to get answers. Read the Bible to know God. Let it be your joy. Mark off the time. Give it the space. What you focus on, you gravitate toward. The second way that you know God that's still connected to this is by Jesus, the Word of God. The Bible, the Word of God, Jesus, the Word of God. Principles of Scripture are to be identified most from the actions and spirit and explicit statements of Jesus Himself. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 says this, Long ago God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days He's spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son He created the universe. The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. When He had cleansed us from our sins, He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Jesus is the full revelation of God the Father. But the revelation of Jesus that we have is from the Scripture. Jesus is the full revelation. I don't know about you, but I used to have a hard time uh, looking at the Old Testament, reading the Old Testament with my logic, reading the Old Testament with my reason. God was something in the Old Testament, and then Jesus comes along, and it looks like God's something different in the New Testament. And I had a problem relating until Hebrews chapter 1. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus is the express image, the full revelation of what the Father is like. In other words, if you want to know how to know God of the Old Testament, know Jesus in the New Testament. He is the full answer. He is the full revelation. He is who God is. And He has revealed Him to humanity. We know God by His Son. We have eternal life through His Son. 
Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus, what he said. Now, when I look at Jesus, I take the reality of who Jesus is and I go back and I understand that Jesus is the full revelation of God and I go back and I see the character of God in the Old Testament. And all of a sudden, I really, it changes the way. How many of you have ever thought something different than what you originally thought? You know, when you got new information, it expands and changes the way you think. I don't believe what I used to believe. Not because I've become perverted, but because I've got new information. I've got new revelation. I want to tell you something. The older I get, it seems like more revelation that God's unfolding. Don't ever live on what you, what you used to believe. Live on what you believe. Don't live on what everybody else has said. Live on what you believe. What you've heard. Follow the voice of God. By walking with Jesus. He's given us His Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He'll guide you into all truth. Okay. This is all about changing your thinking. Hearing the voice of God. Knowing that it lines up. Folks, listen to me. Most of us say we believe the Bible, but we don't read it. Most of us believe that that what the Bible said is truth, but we don't let that truth become the application of our life. So let's just be honest. So what we it's easier for us to believe in what everybody else says than to go find out for ourselves. Because let's just be honest, we're lazy. It's easy to Google it. What's the Bible say about that? Let me ask you, what's God say? How do you change the way you think? I've got a familiar illustration. Now, Right now, most of us don't believe we can control what we think. Most of us don't believe that we can, you know, we can change how. I mean, we've got all of these inputs that's coming into our life. We've got all the world shouting, how, how do I change? How do I keep that from? What you focus on, you gravitate toward. What you focus on, you hear. What you focus on, you respond to. Now, there's air in this atmosphere. You're not, you can't see it. It's invisible, but there's air. And let me tell you, it's in this glass just as much as it is around us. Well, how do you get the air out of the glass? You fill it up with something else that replaces the glass, the air in the glass. You fill it up. Now, let me tell you, the water of the Word. You want to change the way you think? Fill your life with what God is saying. The more you do that, here's the thing, the more you do that, the more you'll come to know what God is saying. You see, preacher, it's hard for me to understand the Bible. Read it for 21 days. Not for information, not to understand it, but for God to speak. For you to get to know Him. Start with the Gospel of John. Give yourself 21 days to give God time because here's the thing, it's frequency, intensity, and time. How many of you need to get fit after Thanksgiving? Fit, F-I-T. Anybody want to join me? I think we need to wait till after Christmas. How about y'all? How do you get fit? 
How do you get fit? Fit, F-I-T, frequency, intensity, and time. Get into the Word, stay in the Word, give Jesus the opportunity, give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to open your eyes. Open my eyes, Lord, that I might see. Read Psalm 119. It's just talking about how you can get into the, and let that well over you, swell over you, swamp you with the presence. The other thing is intensity. Frequency, give it time, uh, give yourself to it continually. Intensity is really listen for God to speak. Don't look for answers, don't look for information, look for God. And then time, it's a process. I've been reading the scripture for 50 years. The Scripture is more alive to me today than it's ever been. How many of you have read a verse for all your life and then you read it and you think, oh man, I didn't know that said that. It's a living book. It gives you frequency, intensity, and time. Here's the promise. You'll know God's will. That good and perfect and pleasant purpose of God. That's what you want. Don't take any shortcuts. Get to know Him. Hear His voice. Know that He's not going to say anything to you that's not going to line up with the principles of God's Word and then walk in it. Let me ask you one question. I know you read your Bible. When's the last time the Bible has read you? When's the last time you've read your Bible and God read you? Don't read the Bible to do your duty. Read the Bible to find God. When you found me, if you seek with me with all your heart, you'll find me. When you find Him, you get everything He's got. Because He's a good, good friend. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you that you've never quit speaking. And you can speak through your word today as, as, as great as you spoke to those who wrote it down in a book. Father, I ask that you deal with us today with spiritual reality, not religious fervor. I'm asking you to pour out your presence on us this morning. Lord, open our minds to see and to hear and to respond. Father, help us to step into Scripture because I know You're going to meet us there. Help us to know that Your book is trustworthy and that we can see in what Jesus said and what's written of Him is truth. And the power is there. It's alive. Your Holy Spirit is in us to guide us. We can trust You. Run us over. Fill us up. Lord, focus our attention on the truth. You are the truth. Set us free from our bondage. Fill us up with your words so much that the words of men and women and the words of the world have no competition. We test them by it instead of it, them testing us. Lord, let us walk in your truth. We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you stand together? Thank you for listening to this week's message. 
For more information or to listen to past sermons, go to newcovenantlampasses.com.